Live from Hollywood, California, it's The Rick Savage Show. It is The Rick Savage Show. I am your host, Rick Savage. How you doing? Welcome back. Uh, if you're a new subscriber, thank you for subscribing. That means so much. I hope you enjoy this weekly little podcast that we do. We got a few new subscribers based off the show last week and like 600 views on YouTube, which is a lot for me, not for Logan Paul, (laughs) but 600 and I don't know, 25 views. I think it's up to, uh, because I talked about Adam Lambert, who would have guessed Maybe we should just change the podcast to an all Adam Lambert all the time podcast. If you missed last week's episode, or uh, or even if you didn't, I only mentioned him very briefly, so you might have missed it. But um, you know, I was doing this Q and A thing, which was awesome, and thank you guys for sending in questions. Uh, one of the questions was about classic bands performing with different lead singers, Steve Perry and Journey. Uh, and Adam Lambert and Queen were the examples. Now, I, uh, f- f- real quick, I called Steve Perry an asshole. <laughs> and uh, and someone on uh, YouTube called me out for that and said, I-, I don't think he's an asshole. I think the reason he's not with Journey anymore is because, you know, his voice is very, very high and it was hard to tour and uh, very hard to perform live. And also, I guess maybe he had some mental issues. <sighs> I've also heard stories that he's just not the best dude, but who knows? I don't know him personally. I'm not in Journey. It was just an offhanded comment. But I responded to the person on YouTube. I said, oh, thanks. That's a really good point. Thanks for listening, you know, because I I can take feedback when it's like that. I had a hard time taking feedback before when someone uh, said I was, what did he say? Your 10-ply? Like really soft toilet paper? Yeah, I deleted that comment. I couldn't take that. But uh, pointing out Steve Perry probably isn't a jerk. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, The other part of that little segment was I was talking about how great Adam Lambert is. And that he's a sweetheart. And uh, I've worked with him just a couple times. He wouldn't know me. We're not friends. But at any rate, I I tweeted kind of jokingly. I was like, uh, hey, check out the Q&A this week. I talk about um, carne asada, regrets, and Adam Lambert. You know the usual stuff. And I didn't even like hashtag Adam Lambert or anything. I just said it. And boy, oh boy, does he have a lot of fans across the globe. And one fan account on Twitter that has, I don't know, like 10,000 followers or something saw that tweet and then retweeted it. And then even said like, skip to 26 minutes into the podcast. Like they listened to the whole thing until I mentioned Adam. How cool is that? And then a bunch of other fans started chiming in and retweeting it. And You know, I said a nice thing about Adam and they like to hear that. And he has new music out and his hair is incredible. (laughs) You may have heard me talk before on this podcast about my struggles with hair. Uh, Adam, if that's your real hair, you are a blessed man. And if it's not, can you please give me your doctor's contact information? Because it's a, he has a glorious 70s style quaff. Is that what they call it? I don't know. 
but Adam has new music out. Oh, why don't we just play a little bit since we're talking about it? So Adam has new music out. And so his fans are like fully engaged. And any mention of Adam Lambert is like uh, on their radar to say the least. And thank God I said a nice thing because much like Steve Perry or other episodes of this podcast, I'll make an offhanded comment. You know, it's what time it's 1230 at night right now. I'm in my little office slash studio. I say things that I kind of forget people could hear, you know, I try to be smart about it, but every now and then something sneaks through and I'm really glad I didn't make a joke about Adam, which if you're listening, if you're a new subscriber and you're an Adam Lambert fan, if you're a Lam- Lambert, Lamberto, they don't call him that. Um, I would never make a joke about Adam Lambert. <laughs> So yeah, I said a couple nice things and, and they appreciated it, which was cool. And then, um, then they retweeted it. So we got a bunch of new people listening to the podcast, which is awesome. It's called new eyes is the new Adam Lambert song. Kind of sexy, kind of funky. Not bad. That's good stuff. If you like Adam Lambert, that's music to your ears. I do like that Adam has solo music out. I like that he did the Queen thing and maybe. They're still going to do more Queen stuff. I don't know. I'm not up to date. But uh, but in the meantime, he's also doing his own music, which is great. Um, the album that I did a thing on was called For Your Entertainment. And uh, this was the single, What Do You Want From Me? Oh, If I Had You Too, that was another good song. So I just briefly mentioned it. I'll tell you the story if you care. It's kind of interesting. When I worked at that company called Vivo, where we did a lot of music video shoots and behind the scenes and all that stuff with artists, um, we started doing like live concert recording. We used to do just kind of small pop-up shows, and then we got a little bit bigger budget, got bigger sponsors. We could go around and film full productions. And Adam had this album coming out, so we went to Indianapolis and filmed his tour date there uh, for your entertainment was that album and it was great it was a super good show and we filmed the whole concert and then put out I don't know six or eight clips on on vivo and it was sponsored so he made money and we made money it was all great um and i don't think this is talking out of turn and uh i think there's two people left at vivo that are still there when me and my crew were there so i think i'm safe and i also think it's public but uh, long story short 
the way the deals were structured with Vivo, you know, Vivo was created through Universal Music Group and then Sony became a partner and later they brought in EMI Capital and later they brought in Warner Brothers. But, you know, it was a partnership with the record labels to find new revenue streams, right? To make money for their artists. That was the whole idea behind the thing. And part of that was anything that we filmed, the artists technically owned, right? So when we had filmed something, it would go on their YouTube Vivo channel. And then the rights after an exclusive window would default back to the artists. Well, some of the smart record labels, and no dig to the other ones, <laughs> uh, some of them just didn't care about this, but Adam and his team or his label or whoever realized, hey, we own this stuff now. We could put it out on a DVD. So they did. So I helped them like put together everything for the DVD and Blu-ray. I think it was just called Four Year Entertainment Live. Uh, and I'm the executive producer of it, which is awesome and ridiculous. And it wasn't like Adam hired me. I was the head of original content for Vivo. So I produced the thing, hired a director, uh, this dude out of Philly. God, what was his name? Doesn't matter. I mean, it does. He made the thing look great, but all right. Well, now I feel guilty. Let's look it up. Um, <laughs> uh, hold on. Adam Lambert. This is going to be a more casual episode. I hope you're okay with that. Adam Lambert live DVD. Glam Nation live is what it was called. Of course. Shout out to the Glam Nation. It's on Blu-ray too. Okay. So it was shot in Indianapolis. It was shot at a, a school, a college, I think. And it was directed by Doug Spangenberg. Dude out of Philly. Very talented director. I don't remember how we met him, but anyway, so he came in and directed this and, uh, and it was cool. Like Adam's theater show was lots of lights and lasers and we would go from black and white to color and back and all this stuff. So it came out really good. And then the record label was like, well, let's put this out on DVD Blu-ray. And so they did. And so technically I'm the executive producer of his live shoot, his live DVD. Again, he doesn't know me. So thanks Adam for the IMDb credit. I appreciate it. But I'm looking at it right now on uh, Amazon. You can buy the the audio CD of it or you could buy the DVD Blu-ray. So I, I don't get any money. I didn't get points on the deal. But shout out to the Adam Lambert fans, which got me kind of thinking about the super fans, uh, the stands, if you will, because of the Eminem song called Stan about an obsessive stalker fan. I'm really torn on these guys. I don't know how to feel. Did you just see last week Beyonce and Jay-Z went to the Warriors game and left to right, it was Jay-Z on the left and then Beyonce in the middle. And on the right, uh, next to Beyonce, was the wife of one of the Golden State Warriors owners, I think. Um, not a single lady. <laughs> That's a Beyonce pun. Not a single lady, uh, a married lady. And she was leaning over Beyonce to say something to Jay-Z. I'm sure she spoke many times to Beyonce as well, but this photo was captured where it appeared that she was leaning over Beyonce to talk to Jay and Beyonce kind of had a not happy look on her face. Again, probably a coincidence. Also, I love Jay-Z. He's one of the best to ever do it. If I'm sitting next to Beyonce, I'm going to talk to Beyonce. I might say what up to Jay, but male, female, straight, gay, whatever, uh, you're going to talk to Beyonce. 
So this one photo came out and then the beehive, her fans are called, attacked this woman and found, I don't know if they found her on social media or whatever. It got so bad that Beyonce's uh, press person had to put out a statement that was like, hey guys, uh, we're, we're all about love here, remember? Uh, you don't need to attack a person because they were speaking to uh, to Beyonce's husband. So you get these like super fans and it's kind of toxic. And again, my experience with the Adam Lambert fans, two thumbs up, guys. Very cool, very supportive. Now, the flip side is if I would have said something bad about Adam or if I didn't, let's say I said I didn't like his new single, I don't know, maybe they would attack me for my silly little podcast. But this happens with like Fifth Harmony and BTS. Oh my God, the BTS army. By the way, no more armies. (laughs) Fan groups, we need a different name. You can't be an army. The My Chemical Romance, the MC army was in like, 2008 that's it you can't you can't be the army but okay the bts army or the uh the justin bieber fans i think they used to be called believers and the selena selena naders selena gomez and ari arianators oh god i can feel like half of you guys just cringing right now as i say this but it's a real thing these kids are hardcore and look it's no secret I'm a huge fan of some artists out there. I'm a huge Green Day fan. They're my favorite band of all time. I've never followed them on tour. I've thought about it, but I've never followed them on tour. You know, I'll retweet when they have a new song out. I don't know if it's a pop music thing, if it's an age thing. I guess this is what like Beatlemania was, right? But I don't know. There's something weird about these super fans. And the artists, I think, are stuck in the middle because they use these fans, uh, take that term however you want it, for better or worse, when they have, um, you know, these they're up for awards that are voted on by fans and they rally everyone together to vote. Or, you know, when the song comes out at midnight, everyone gets together and streams a song at the same time and hopefully it becomes number one. Blah, blah, blah. So I think the fans, or I think the artists like it, but also it's a little freaky. Anyways, that's enough on the fans. Shout out to Adam Lambert fans for being super cool and being nice to me. I just realized I have a glass here with ice in it. And it's melting. So I have to take a sip of that. And then I have to pour some Maker's Mark in there. I got this glass so I would have a little cocktail as I'm doing the uh, the podcast. There it is. Oh, just a Just a taste. Just uh, two fingers, isn't that what they call it? Put two fingers side by side, that's how much you're supposed to fill up a whiskey glass. I don't know. I'm not dignified. Hold on. Let me take a sip of this. That's too much ice. It's going to be watered down. It's okay. It's cheap. That is a tasty beverage. I told you it was going to be casual this week. Uh, Hey, let's completely change the subject to The Sopranos. And here's how this reminded me. I follow, obviously, I follow a bunch of mafia-themed Instagram accounts. Because I'm 39 years old and still think the mafia is cool, <laughs> which is embarrassing, and I'm sorry. I remember when John Gotti died, it must have been 2001 or 2002, my boss at the radio station I was working at, he was also the afternoon drive DJ, shout out to Mike Halloran, San Diego, California. Uh, when it, the news story broke that Gotti died in prison, I don't know if he like interrupted the song, but he definitely like stopped the music said that Gotti died and then proceeded to make fun of me on the air because he said I was so heartbroken (laughs) 
And then he probably played gangsters by the specials or something. Uh, you know, I'm a fan. Goodfellas is my favorite movie. I know these guys aren't like the best dudes in the world. I didn't cry when John Gotti died anyways. So, uh, so these accounts uh, that I follow on Instagram, these mafia accounts, they post from mafia movies. They always post Sopranos clips and they post the Christopher Maltesanti clip, my favorite character in the Sopranos. And for some reason he was on my mind. And then I was driving around and Apple music has a feature, uh, called your favorites or no, uh, yeah. Favorites for you doesn't matter. Basically once a week, they take a bunch of songs that they think you'll like, throw them in a playlist. There you go. And they did. And the first song was, uh, Johnny cash. If I were a carpenter, I think, uh, hardcore soprano fans know where I'm going with this. Maybe you don't. Um, Oh, an error occurred. Thanks. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, I had to interrupt there because Spectrum never works. Uh, if you or a friend or family member works at Spectrum, what the fuck, guys? How come you never work? How come every time I try to upload a file, halfway through, the internet connection breaks? And this is if I'm on the main, if this is if I'm on the extenders that I have, This I could be in the room with the router, still doesn't work. What's the deal, Spectrum? Okay, so we're talking about Multisanti. <laughs> favorite character on Sopranos. I think the thing that gets overlooked the most about Christopher is he has impeccable music taste and he's a young man in that show. So I don't know if it's because he grew up around a bunch of older wise guys and they schooled him on good music or David Chase, the creator just gave this as a little, little special skill to Christopher. Uh, Christopher Moltisanti was born in 1969. That's 10 years older than me. So that means uh, when Sopranos was airing, he was probably a 30-year-old man, let's say, ballpark. Somewhere in the early 30s, late 20s to early 30s. Do you, do you, oh God, let's see. Do you remember this scene? If I were a carpenter and you were a douchebag. Hey, what are you doing? Okay, so I'm honest on this podcast. I wasn't hip to Johnny Cash when I was a 19-year-old kid when Christopher was about 29 or 30. So I never got that reference. I didn't know what that was. But who knew little Christopher Moltisanti was a Johnny Cash fan, also kind of an obscure Johnny Cash fan. This isn't like Ring of Fire or Walk the Line. This is a deep cut. If I were a carpenter and you were a lady, would you marry me anyway? Would you have my baby? If you were a carpenter. Oh, June. So, now that I've matured in my life, I've grown to appreciate Mr. Cash and June Carter Cash. Uh, it's just funny to think that, like, a mobster kid from Jersey would be, like, up on, on hip Johnny Cash. Now, the song he would be hip on which totally makes sense. And I did catch this reference and boy, was it amazing when it happened. I got down on my knees to Johnny Sack. Where the fuck you been? You're late. Highway was jammed with broken heroes on a last chance power drive. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get fucking cute now. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get cute now. That scene is so good. The smirk on his face when he delivers that line is just so good. 
Now, that song, I think any self-respecting Jersey boy should know. Whether you're a mobster or 10 or 30 or 100 years old. How good is that? Where the fuck you been? You're late. Highway was jammed with broken heroes on a last chance power drive. Oh, you're going to get fucking cute now. <sighs> I love it so much. My uh, my old boss, Fred, shout out Fred, doesn't listen. He uh, he was a big Bruce Springsteen fan, and I was trying to get a hold of him one night and realized he was, a, uh, he was at a Bruce Springsteen concert, and that's what I left him on the voice message. I was like, oh, you on a last chance power drive? Got a traffic jam with broken heroes? <laughs> oh, man, that's good. So, yeah, Sopranos is one of those shows. Every time you watch it, you catch something new. Hey, um, guess what? I got two savages of the week for you. Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and... <laughs> I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with Geico, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. And basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year. I know, right? Do you think I say I know right too often? I do. I know, right? I have to stop, don't I? I know, and this right? is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. I know. Yeah, even our commercials are better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. What a fucking savage! I'm a savage. I'm a savage. I'm a savage. I'm a savage. savage. Savage were the coolest They like savage. Why you got a 12 car garage and you only got six cars? Something about you turns me to a savage. Two of them. One is user submitted, one I found on my own. Both, I think, are pretty good. Uh, the first one, I wouldn't make light of this if uh, if he wasn't going to be okay. Zach, yeah, listener Zach, <laughs> sent, in, uh, sent in one about David Ortiz. So David Ortiz, big poppy from the Boston Red Sox, he got shot. And again, if this was a different situation, probably wouldn't talk about it. But he got shot in the leg, and he's like, I don't know, seven foot, 400 pounds. So he's going to be just fine. Now, why was he shot in the leg? Well, citing three sources with Dominican Republic law enforcement, reporting that Ortiz was shot by gunmen hired by a drug lord who thought Ortiz was having an affair with his wife. So some cartel, some kingpin, <laughs> some drug lord, as the article says, Ortiz was having sex with his wife. Um, and then he got shot in the leg. 
I mean, in this case, I think Ortiz is the savage, not the kingpin. What a fucking savage! That's like rule number one, I think, is like don't have sex with... I mean, I guess rule number one is don't have sex with married women. Uh, but but right below that is married women that are married to drug cartel lords. <laughs> so there's one. Now, the other savage is one that I found. It's a little more lighthearted, you know, less uh, less teetering on death. Spirit Airlines reportedly banned a passenger for life after he vaped at his seat, exhaled into a bag, and set off the smoke alarm mid-flight. And would you be surprised to know that this man was from Florida? That was not part of this plan. That was just a happy accident. I saw the headline and I was like, Savage of the Week. And then I saw Florida and I was like, still even more so, Savage of the Week. A 30-year-old man from St. Petersburg, Florida, vaped at his seat and exhaled into a bag during a Spirit Airlines... I mean, not to... But, of course, it was Spirit Airlines. Into a bag during a Spirit Airlines flight, the New Orleans Times and CNN reported. Uh, a flight attendant saw and told told him off? That's a weird way to phrase this in an article. Where's your editor? Uh, then later saw him going into the bathroom. A smoke alarm then went off after he went to the bathroom. Plane had to land because the dude had to vape. We get it. You vape, bro. Spirit Airlines vaping Florida resident. What a fucking savage! So good. Uh, speaking of vaping, went to an open mic tonight and it didn't go good. I'll just be honest. I'm working on a new stuff. And you know, what's funny is like two days ago, I went to another open mic at the same place and it went pretty well. I didn't like destroy, but as far as good as an open mic could go, it went pretty good. And then I did the same stuff tonight and, uh, and not so good. Well, I was first. That doesn't, that's never good. That's a cold, cold crowd, especially a bunch of shitty comics. that Don't want to laugh myself included in the shitty comment. Uh, but there was a guy in the front row vaping the whole time. And if it was a real show, I mean, he would have been kicked out, but also I would have made fun of him. I, I didn't have that time and didn't care enough. But like, bro, really? Vaping is still a thing? I mean, that can't be allowed indoors, right? I mean, I know it's not as much as, I know it's not as bad as cigarettes, but it's not. I mean, bro, don't vape. What are you doing? The crazy thing at this open mic tonight was Dat Fan was there. D-A-T, first name, last name, Fan, P-H-A-N. Dad Fan is the first winner of Last Comic Standing, the, uh, you know, American Idol for comics that used to run on NBC. And he won the first ever season. And how do I say this respectfully? Um, he's not so respected, I would say. He kind of did one thing over and over and over, you know, real big on like impersonating his his parents' accent and stuff so you know he's never at the comedy store he's never at the improv uh but dude still tours the world you know plays a lot of casinos and i don't know if he still does theaters or not but like he's out there hustling and i've always wondered what would happen if a quote-unquote real comedian came to an open mic and let me tell you he destroyed he murdered for five minutes at an open mic in Koreatown in front of 10 of us. And, you know, some of his stuff was kind of silly, but the confidence, confidence is so key in all these stupid things that we do in our life, whether it's at work or if you're trying to be a comic or whatever, 
confidence, man. And he has it. And it took him about 30 seconds to impersonate his mom. (laughs) So, you know, he's still, he's still got a similar theme in his comedy, but it was just, it was fun to witness because I was like, oh, right. You're light years ahead of me. Whether other comedians think you're cool or not, who gives a fuck? You destroyed a stupid open mic just to practice, just to practice. So it's kind of cool seeing that fan. I got to be honest. I made a joke about Bobby Lee. They have a little bit of beef, evidently. But Bobby's from Poway, so if I have to pick sides, sorry, Dad fan. Going with Bobby Lee. It's very it's very interesting to see that. I've always want you know, I have a couple of friends that are uh what I would consider real comics or professional, like that's their full time job. And I always wondered, like, you know, these open mics are pretty pretty painful. And rarely do I say like, oh, I did good at that one. Like I did a few days ago. And I always wonder like, oh, what would happen if so-and-so rolled through this open mic and let's pretend we didn't know who you were. How would you do? Well, the answer is that fan murdered. So I don't know. Should we wrap this up? We're getting close, I guess. Right. You know, last episode was just a Q and a, uh, next week I'm going to be out of town. I, but I feel like I need to do another, I just took a week off, you know? So, uh, so maybe I'll record another episode in a couple of days and just put it out next Monday or Tuesday. I still want to do that mid-90s commentary. I don't know if that would be interesting at all, unless you've watched the movie mid-90s as much as I have. I don't know. Adam Lambert's fans enjoyed my comment. Maybe Jonah Hill will retweet me if I do a mid-90s commentary. The, this, the, the Twitter post will say, the commentary track that no one asked for, here's my hour and a half commentary on mid-90s. So maybe I'll do that because I don't have to think about it. You'd be surprised, by the way. This last half an hour, <laughs> took a while to put this together. <laughs> I, put, I put a little more into this than you think. But anyway, so there'll they'll, they'll be a podcast. I'll figure it out. Let's see here. Oh, I got the new Beats by Dre uh, uh, Power, Power Beats Pro. I'll give a shout out to them. They're a little expensive, but I love them. So shout out to Beats by Dre. Shout out to the homies that uh, I used to work with. Excellent product. And I got to be honest, it's been a while since Beats by Dre had a new product. So very happy that this one came out good. And uh, and then I got a little bit political on the internets tonight. There's a story going around um, about a nine-year-old boy that saved his allowance. He saved it up and then paid off um, the entire school's lunch debt. All the kids that uh, owed money on their weekly or monthly school lunches, he saved up his allowance to pay that off. So first off, kudos to him. Uh, That's very sweet. You clearly have excellent parents and hopefully you'll be president someday. So I tweeted that and then I said, here's, here was my, my take. We don't use the term because we can enough. Why should we have universal health care? Because we can. Why should we provide pre-K care? Because we can. Why should school lunches be free? Because we can. We should do these things because this is America and we can. I'm so sick of like the how can, how do you pay for it? And why should we give something for free just because someone is low income or on welfare or needs help? Because we can. By the way, I'm totally on Elizabeth Warren. If you're weighing your options, all good. We'll see who the nominee is. I'm, I guess I'm in on whoever the nominee is against Trump, but my donation so far, Elizabeth Warren. 
And that's one thing she talks about, right? She's going to add a tax to anyone that makes over $50 million a year. Hey, quick survey. Do you know anyone that makes $50 million a year? I don't. When you make your $50 million and first dollar annually, you're going to get hit with an extra tax. And that's how we're going to pay for our school lunches and pre-K if we're supposed to be the greatest nation in the world. Let's fucking act like it. We can do this because we can. There's 700 billionaires in this country. And a lot of them are multi, multi billionaires. We can do these things because we can. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Just got a little serious there, huh, guys? Let me take a sip of my maker's mark to wrap this up. I'm just sick of it. I'm having a hard time watching A Closer Look and Rachel and all these shows that I watch because I'm just, I just want to fast forward a year and a half. But we'll get there. We'll fast forward and we'll get through it. It's a strong country. We've been through worse. Let's not get short-sighted now. What's the Ferris Bueller? Life moves fast. (laughs) It does. We'll get through this. Shout out Elizabeth Warren. If you're not paying attention, that's all good. I don't blame you. A lot of people aren't. I would just say that uh, maybe go to ElizabethWarren.com and learn a little bit about uh, what she's all about. And maybe you'll like her. Because uh, shout out to anyone whose original dream was to be a public school teacher and then turn that into uh, running for president. That's, uh, that's quite an American story. Okay, enough of that. Hey, um, June 28th, I have a show at Flappers Comedy. It's going to be a new five minutes that hopefully Dat Fan will sign off on. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, oh, oh, shit. Well, uh, let me just... I got, I got some questions that came in late after last episode. Donnie wanted to know... He's 40 years old. Is he too old to play with toys? And the answer is no. Do you know how many toys I have, Donnie? I'm looking in my room right... There's so many toys. There's stuffed animals. There's Hot Wheels. There's action figures. There's poker chips. That's not really a toy, but it is to me. I got those little skateboards that you skate with your hands. Never too old for toys, bro. That's it. Hey, if you see me post about this, please retweet it. We need more people to listen, okay? Have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. See you later. Bye. This is the Rick Savage Show. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're gonna sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents.